want us to do something. I, um, I was watching a, a clip of a man called Ray Hughes, and uh, he is a psalmist. He's an elderly man with a big old mustache, and uh, you should Google him and go on there and listen to some of his things. He's absolutely beautiful. But he has such revelation in um, the area of worship and in the area of releasing heaven's sound. So I want you to do just something this morning, and you won't feel uncomfortable doing it because you do it all the time. I want you to click your fingers, not, in, not with rhythm, not in timing, just click your fingers like this. But everyone has to do it. And I try and do it loud. <laughs> going, you can increase it. <laughs> you guys can't click very loud, can you? <laughs> okay, what it's supposed to sound like is rain. Can you hear the raindrops? Okay, so maybe it works better if you've got a thousand people doing it. But <laughs> So what you've just done is release the sound. When you do that intentionally, things start to break open. And some of you might be thinking, you're absolutely crazy, you're nuts. <laughs> but we are a prophetic people, and I just wanted you to do it for fun. Because you can do this, you can just open up the heavens, you can open up portals above you so that you can have just free access all the time into the realms of heaven. Sometimes, you know, even when you're going through things as a family, you just need to release a sound. And whatever God tells you to do with this is click your fingers or open your mouth and sing or declare it with words. Do it. The Holy Spirit is telling you to do these things. Just obey and you'll see what happens in front of you. Amen. I'm excited for that. I want more of that in my life. So um, this morning I'd like to share on, we sang about him today, beautiful Holy Spirit. Beautiful Holy Spirit. And you know, when I was just thinking about it in the week, uh, I knew in my heart that he, there, there wasn't a message with my opinion. There wasn't a message uh, with the way I think Holy Spirit is. There wasn't a message like that to give you this morning. And I will be reading Word because right from these pages, the words are life. And what better way to talk about Holy Spirit than to read His Word? So we'll just navigate that a little bit this morning. And I want you to open your hearts. If you could put your hands on your hearts this morning and just say this after me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to come in and flood my heart. And put your hand on your head and say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to come in and flood my mind. And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the oil of heaven right now that just begins to fill this place, that the levels are rising, the levels of your glory in our lives and in this church are rising so that soon and very soon your glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And everything will be transformed in your image. Amen. I'd love you to turn to Luke. Um, if you can go to Luke chapter 21.
So just, just keep it open at Luke 21. And I just want to give you a little bit of a background here, what's happening in Luke. In Luke 19, chapter 19, chapter 20, and 21, we find Jesus teaching in the temple every day. And he's uh, surrounded by his disciples, and he's surrounded by a lot of other people. And in chapter 21, Jesus observes a very poor widow dropping two small copper coins in the offering box. How many of you remember that story? Okay, he's observing this. The, the, the poor widow is dropping two small copper coins in the offering box, while the wealthy, who wanted to be noticed as they came with their offerings. And he says, the rich only gave out of their surplus but she sacrificed all out of her poverty. So there they were, just throwing money, look at me, look at me, and it's just the surplus of their wealth. And there was the poor widow coming with two copper coins, representing a sacrifice of all she represented. Then the disciples are amazed, if you carry on a little bit, shall I give you the verse? You're probably saying, where am I? Um, yeah, so from verse uh, 5, yes, it says that, uh, I'm just paraphrasing here, the disciples are amazed at the beauty and the look of the temple that they're sitting in, the lovely adornments and the architecture built from the monetary gifts given to God. So the money was coming into the temple early days, and they were adorning and, and building this beautiful architecture, this piece of art, and they were busy admiring it. And Jesus remarked that all of this external stuff will one day become a heap of rubble, he says. And then he goes on to explain the signs to look out for, which will indicate the end of the age. And when you read these, you can read the whole chapters, a few chapters at home, but he talks about deception at the end of the age. Watch out for deception. Watch out for imposters. Look for wars on every side, rumors of wars, nations against nations. Terrible earthquakes will take place, resulting in famines, plagues, and epidemics huge storms, cosmic disturbances, persecution of believers, etc. And then he adds on a little bit further down, betrayal by family, betrayal by parents and family and misunderstandings and all of that. How many of you are picking that up already? If you just look around and discern what's happening. And then he says, you will be hated by all because of my life in you. You will be hated by all because of my life in you. But then he says, don't worry. Don't worry. My grace will never leave you. And it literally means my grace will not leave your head. My grace will not leave your head. In some translations, I know the ESV says, um, not a hair on your head will perish. 
So don't worry about that. Not a hair on your head will perish. But the Aramaic word there actually means literally that my grace will not leave your head. Isn't that beautiful? Now we go to um, uh, verse 29 and 33. All right. And Jesus gave this parable to his disciples, and I'm going to read it. Let's look. He says, haven't you observed the fig tree or any tree that when it buds and blooms, you realize that the season is changing and summer is near? And I'm reading from the Passion. In the same way, when you see these prophetic signs occurring, you realize the earth is yielding to the fullness of God's kingdom realm. These things are happening already. And what he says here is you'll realize that the earth is yielding to the fullness of God's kingdom realm. Isn't that amazing? There is somewhere else that we read that um, the earth groans for the maturing sons and daughters of God to arise. So there's, there's a huge connection with creation and the sons and daughters of God. We're, we're, we've all been created by him. And now is the time as we're discerning that everything is responding and yielding to his return. Last week, uh, I felt and I brought a word in the meeting about um, in Revelations 22, uh, the end of Revelations, where I was just so impressed upon my heart that he's coming back soon. And all these things will happen. And he says, but I'm coming back soon. I'm coming back soon. And I've just, that's been resonating inside of me this whole week. And when you put your eyes on eternity and on the kingdom realm, everything in your life naturally changes. It has to change. Your focus is on eternity, not on what's going on in the earth. The earth is yielding to God's kingdom realm that's coming. The earth, let that happen. But keep your eyes on eternity. Um, he says, I assure you, the end of this age will not come until all I have spoken comes to pass. Everything can be crashing. Every, there can be chaos in the earth. If his word has not been fulfilled, it's not over yet. We're waiting for his words to be fulfilled, coming to pass. Earth and sky will wear out and fade away before one word I speak loses its power or fails to accomplish its purpose. So just from that passage, the lesson of the fig tree, just let us discern the times we're living in. Somewhere else, I, I think it's a few pages later, he says, let us discern the times we're living in. Straighten up and lift up your heads as our redemption draws near. Straighten up. Lift up your heads. When you lift up your heads, you can't see what's going on. You're not, you're not interested here. You lift up your heads and straighten up because we know our redemption is near. Why am I talking about this today? Why am I mentioning and encouraging you to straighten up? It's because you know, you're all like sitting in your chair straightening up. Maybe do that. Let's shrug our shoulders back and straighten up. <laughs> not just because we're posh. <laughs> Some of us are British, but... Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's look at verse 34, 36. 
this is uh, what I really wanted to speak on this morning. In the Passion Translation, he says, Be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. Be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. Why? We've been sharing this for the last couple of months. Because our hearts are the wineskin. Our hearts are where he dwells. No longer is there an external tabernacle where we go to meet. Remember, Grant said two weeks ago, if we didn't have a venue, would we still be a church? If we, if we didn't have this place, would we still be 24-7 family? And the answer is yes. Yes. So no longer do we have an external tabernacle, but our hearts are the temple where he lives. And we all know this. If we were in Sunday school 30 years ago, 40 years ago, some of us, 50 years ago, we used to sing, don't you know, don't you know you are the temple? Now, we know those songs and they're cute, but boy, have we grasped that our hearts are the very abode, the very house that he dwells in, the new wineskin, okay? Then he says, remain passionate and free from anxiety and the worries of this life. Wow. Remain passionate, free from anxiety and the worries of this life. Here is the key for all of us. Why is he saying remain passionate? That means sometimes we can lose our passion. It's very easy to lose our passion if we don't have our eyes on Christ. So if we lose our passion for Christ, what generally happens? I don't know about you, but if my passion is waning, I begin to worry about the things of this life. I begin to become anxious, chest pains, at life's hardships and difficulties, okay? So he's saying remain passionate so that you will be free from anxiety and the worries of this life. And then he says, then you will not be caught off guard by what happens. You see, when all these things that I mentioned before start happening and we really do straighten up and take notice, you know, at times you can read the news, look at the TV. Some of us don't even look at the TV anymore. We look <laughs> at our computers and or our phones. But you're reading what's going on, and it seems far off. Oh, that's happening over there, because you're not really experiencing right now in your immediate sphere or your own family. So you don't really pay too much attention. Your heart goes out to people. But when it starts getting closer and closer, what are we going to do? Are we going to remain passionate? So remain passionate, then you will not be caught off guard by what happens. Verse 36 says, keep a constant watch over your soul and pray for courage and grace so that you will stand before him with a clear conscience. Wow. So the encouragement to Jesus is saying to his disciples, now remember, he's, gonna, he's talking to them about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. And he's saying, this is what's going to happen. But keep a constant watch over your soul and pray for courage and grace so that you will stand before him with a clear conscience. 
Let's go to verse, um, I know, yeah, well, verse 37 says, Each day Jesus taught in the temple, and he spent his nights on the Mount of Olives. Every day, back at the temple, teaching, and then he went and spent his nights at the Mount of Olives. What was he doing? He was talking to the Father and saying, what next? What is it you want me to tell these people? And then it says, and all the people came early to the temple courts to listen to the words he taught. How about coming early? <laughs> it's a good thing. It says it there. And they came early to the temple. Come early for family hour. <laughs> oh, it's just so beautiful. Right, let's just uh, flip over to John 14. I've been stuck there, as some of you have as well. John 14 and 15 and all around there. Um, so what's happening there is Jesus is having some heart-to-heart conversations with his disciples. He's talking to Peter and he's saying, Peter, you're going to deny me. What? Never. <laughs> me? I'm the one that's right there with you all the time. No. Before the rooster cries, you're going to be, you know, three times you're going to deny me. Then who else does he talk to? Philip. Philip starts to doubt. He says, but you haven't said much about this. Why can't we just go to the Father and da 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 And he has this conversation. And there's just doubt. He has, he's not convinced, and yet he was with him all the time. So he's having a heart-to-heart with his disciples whom he loved. And um, let's go to chapter 14, verses 15 to 20. So I'm going to read it. He says, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. In other translations, it says helper, another helper, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. He will never leave you. What did we sing about this morning? That he's never going to leave us. Never, ever will he leave us. Some of you, that needs to become revelation in your hearts just to believe that. He will never believe you. And some of you have come here this morning uh, with some mess. We all have mess in our lives. And, and sometimes we come in church with our mess and we just, <laughs> nobody's going to see my mess, I'm going to hide, you know. But he sees everything and he is so constant with his love and he's here to tell you today, no matter what you're carrying and how you've arrived today, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I will never leave you. Amen? Just receive that. Go ahead. Now I've lost my place. Okay. The world won't receive him. The world won't receive Holy Spirit because they can't see him or know him. But you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. Wow. I promise that I will never leave you. There he says it again. 
I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Isn't that beautiful? So yeah, we read it and he's talking to his disciples here. But who are we? We're just born in a different time. We are those who sit around him, with him, maybe not physically yet, but we are of him. We are his disciples. We are his sons and daughters. He's talking to us. He promises us that he will never leave us helpless or abandon us as orphans because we're sons and daughters. He says, soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. We are alive because of what he's done. We are alive because of him. We are alive because Holy Spirit now lives in us. He says, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. How is Jesus living in you and I? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy One. So in a world where marriage has become contractual instead of covenantal, where relationships have become convenient and very shallow and diluted instead of deep, true friendship, and we live in a time where people have become who they want to be at any time. You know what I mean? (laughs) People are just deciding who they want to be, what they're going to look like, and how people must treat them at any time. And they can change it tomorrow, and everybody must be happy with that. Can you see how the, the lines of the law have been blurred? It's just, it's lawlessness, the Bible says, okay? But Jesus reminds us here of his plan, because he knew that all of this was going to happen. That's why he said, just as, as the days of Noah. And if you read that, you'll see, just as the, in the days of Noah, the things that are happening are happening now. So loving He says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands, to live in obedience to his truth. It's worth it all because his truth is solid, okay? It's unchanging. So he, he says, loving me empowers you to obey the solid, unchanging truth. The Father has given us another helper, he says, and it's Holy Spirit. And, and most of us know here today that the, I think it's the, yeah, the Greek word is parakletos, and it means counselor. Just, just refresh yourself as you remind yourself of who Holy Spirit is. He's your counselor. How many of you have gone to him for counsel lately? Just remember to. How many of you, he says comforter. How many of you have gone to him for comfort? He's reminding you to, to do that. He's your advocate. He's your encourager. He's your intercessor. Sometimes when everything is falling off the tree, you need an intercessor. And he says he's always praying for us. He's always interceding on our behalf. So Holy Spirit inside of a believer enables us to live free from the power of sin. Because remember, Jesus is our Savior He died, and we no longer have guilt and shame because of our sin. He's removed it. He's canceled it out. 
that one sacrifice for all canceled it out. And now because he puts the Holy Spirit inside of us, and it says, um, it's, it's one like me. It's the same as me. So it's not now another person. Remember, they're all one. So now Jesus says, I'm giving you me, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. And what Holy Spirit does is he enables us to live free from the power of sin. So we are set free. We've been saved. We've been forgiven. And now Holy Spirit says, I'm going to enable you to live in fullness of what Christ has done for you. Holy Spirit enables us to live in fullness. And he gives us the ability to live from the realm of the Spirit now. From the realm of Spirit. That's why when we say, let's worship together, let's worship in Spirit and in truth. It means to worship from that realm because his realm is inside of you. His realm has made its home inside of you, the wineskin of your heart. So, so he gives us an ability to live from the realm of spirit, and he reminds us that we belong in this realm, and he reminds us that he leads us in this realm. You know, we're saying today, this love is an everyday kind of love. Well, I'm telling you now, Holy Spirit is an everyday necessity kind of love and kind of spirit. <laughs> every single day, not for a church meeting, every single day, every breath I take, every move I make. <laughs> He'll be watching. You guys are sharp, eh? Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Oh, thanks, Holy Spirit. See, he knows all songs too, eh? So it's amazing. <laughs> so do we believe him? If he's saying this and if he's reminding us, do we believe him? If I believe this, what he's saying in these chapters, then my language changes. And you'll always see in a person if they've, the, the degree to which they've allowed Holy Spirit to work in their lives. You'll see it by their language. Their language has changed. We don't speak foreign, but we, the language has changed, okay? Wendy's in the, she's, she's good at that. Wendy's in the back with the kids today. She would do it well. Anyway, it says, so, yeah, your language will change. So, how many of you have done this? Because I just felt this morning, I thought, gone are the days of saying things like this. Oh, I'm just not in a good place. How many of us say that? I'm just not in a good place? I can't pray for Gavin. I, I can't. Someone else must do it. I'm not in a good place with Jesus. What language is that? What language is that? I can't do this. I can't do that because I'm in a bad place. We've just chosen to detach ourselves from the vine. Because he's our identity. I'm a son and a daughter. No matter if I'm feeling weak or strong, I am his. And because I'm his and I'm a branch and his vine and I'm connected, I can do anything that he tells me to do. It's not an emotional response, obedience. Doesn't matter where you're at. You are belonging to him. Um, 
So if we do that, we've just allowed ourselves to be detached. And, and then we decide something foreign to who he is in us. If we believe it, if we believe the lie, we act the lie. It's, it's foreign. It's not who we are in him. So we've just allowed an entrance to open up for our identity to be pushed around or to be displaced. And that affects our appointment or our assignment, and then we become disappointed. Did that go over your heads? Okay. Okay, so when we allow things like that by speaking a language that is foreign to our identity and our place in him, it opens a door, um, not for the devil to come in, we can't do that, but it, it, it makes a way for us to be displaced and pushed around. And he doesn't want that, that's not Holy Spirit at all. So when we feel weak though, whatever it is you're facing, because I'm not saying we, we can't ever feel weak, okay? We are strong in him, but we do feel weak in our natural bodies and minds. Whatever it is you're facing, push into Holy Spirit, because he's living there. Push into him. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling weak. It doesn't mean I can't pray for Gavin, but I'm feeling weak, so I'm pushing into you, because after all, it is him where the life-giving power comes from, okay? And he never leaves you. Even when you're weak, he never leaves you. He's, his strength is made perfect in your weakness, but you've got to go to him. You can't stay in your displacement and be disappointed. So when I'm weak or tired, I push into, yeah, in the natural. When I'm weak or tired, I push into those who are around me who I love and trust. We do that. We've got those in our lives that when you're feeling weak, I just, it's easy. I, you know what, so-and-so, this is how I'm feeling. I need you to just pray with me. Bam, it's gone, finished, over with. Now we can move on. But if you don't have them right there with you, you have Holy Spirit, the intimate friend, intimate friend. So Holy Spirit in you is patiently waiting because he's never left us. When you received Holy Spirit into your life, he was there to stay. But he's patiently waiting to be leaned upon. He's patiently waiting to be talked to. And I don't know, when I was thinking about this, I was saying, wow, you know, we love Jesus, and Jesus, you're here, and he is always here. And Father, oh, just put your arms around me, Father. It's easy. And we forget Holy Spirit, who was left here, who was sent here to remain with us and never to leave us alone. So he's waiting patiently for me to ask him for help. He's waiting to come alongside me, to lead me, to comfort me, to point me to Jesus. And he's waiting this morning to awaken us to heaven. We sang that this morning. We're awakened to heaven. That's a life and a realm in the spirit. So he's waiting to awaken us to heaven every day of our lives. When we wake up in the morning and our eyes open, we've been Wakened to heaven because we're spirit beings. 
we could say this and teach this every single week because from Sunday to the next Sunday, wow, stuff happens, eh? And our minds become bombarded. But if we can take this and make it an everyday kind of love, an everyday kind of spirit, it'll be powerful in your lives. A life in the spirit. So I want to read this, John chapter 15, verse 9, all the way to 17. This is Jesus saying, I love each of you. Just take this for yourselves. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends. For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my Father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last, because whatever you ask of my Father for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. Love one another deeply. See, love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of mess-ups. And if he can love us through that, like that, we can do that for each other. And by doing that for each other, we obey him. We obey him. Obedience. John 16, 15. Just want to read that quickly. I told you be reading word. And isn't it awesome when you read word? the life that comes and just encounters you. Uh, where is it? 16.15 says, Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say that the divine encourager, Holy Spirit, will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while, you will see me in a new way. Now remember, we weren't those disciples sitting there. We are the disciples on this side of the cross. We've received Holy Spirit. Because we've received Holy Spirit, we see him in a new way. The way, the truth, the life. A new way of living. We've received this new way of living, and that is Holy Spirit living on the inside of every single one of us. It's a simple word, and it's straight out of here. But I, I, 
I want us to just stand this morning and we're going to just let him impart the reality of the truth of his words into your spirit, man. Because you can't leave here without Holy Spirit. He never leaves us, but we can ignore him. And I don't want any one of you to leave here ignoring him or still not understanding what he is inside of you. He's come, the divine Godhead, heaven has come to live inside of us so that every day we can make choices that are new way choices. Decisions that we can make that are new decision, new way decisions. We can dream the things of God because of the new way, not of old thoughts, old thinking patterns, old mindsets. It's a new wineskin and he has a better way for us in everyday life. So won't you stand with me this morning, and we're going to allow um, Holy Spirit to just be himself. Remember, we gave him permission in the beginning to, to be all that he is. Thank you. So if there's anyone in this room, because I don't want to draw it out long, but if there's anyone in this room that before now has struggled to understand and grasp who Holy Spirit is really and that he lives inside of you, I want you to lift your hands this morning. Not that we all look around, but I say I love you, Holy Spirit, but I don't fully live in the power of the new way. And Holy Spirit, we just reach out to you right now. In every situation represented here, just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know all things in our lives this morning. You know the state of our hearts, you know the state of our businesses, the state of our family life. You know everything. You know the state of the world right now, every single person on this planet. I, my mind does not grasp that, Lord, how you can know everything about everybody at the same time. The power of Holy Spirit, the Spirit of heaven that you sent to earth to remain inside of us. We just open up our spirit man right now in faith, even though our minds don't understand and grasp everything yet. But we do in obedience, we just open up our spirit man and we recognize who you are. And we invite you to be who you are. We invite you to flood every aspect of our lives. We don't want to grieve you. We don't want to disappoint. We don't want to ignore. But we just reach into our spirit man to touch you, to feel you, to know you intimately, to... I just, I don't know, right now, I just felt, as we said that, we're just the pleasure of heaven, the pleasure of Holy Spirit. Oh, he just, oh, 
He's just so happy when we acknowledge him. So just for a minute or two, would you just open your mouths and just acknowledge him, talk to him. No one's going to hear except him. Just talk to him. We need him. We need you, Holy Spirit. Just let the mutterings of your spirit, man, just pour out of your mouth. I just love you, Holy Spirit. I'm sorry I've ignored you. I'm sorry I haven't understood. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for remaining and never leaving. Just talk to 